It's very kind. Please be seated. Thank you for your warm greetings, words, and uh, some of which are true. And uh, thank you very much uh, for praying. I would normally pray, but uh, I'll go in the strength of your great prayer uh, this morning, but acknowledging the need of the Holy Spirit uh, to lead and guide as we share from God's Word together this morning. So it's a privilege to be with you in new life, and uh, we're going to be looking in a moment at Genesis 24. So if you have your Bible, um, you want to open it at Genesis 24, I want to share the Word of God uh, from that today. And uh, just before I do that, I just want to say this, that uh, it's a privilege to be here. And a few months ago in December, I had actually uh, been thinking about, what, about coming along here today and what I would share. And uh, I, I'd actually um, got a word from God some time ago, and it was about God being a God of mountains and valleys. And I thought, that's a, a great pastoral message. I'll bring that to new life. And uh, I'd said, David, at uh, one of our training days in Aberdeen, I said, uh, you know, David said, are you looking forward to coming? I says, ah, absolutely. And uh, this is what I'm going to speak on. And uh, then after that, it just kind of left me, it kind of evaporated. And uh, and I thought, it's strange. And uh, then I really, about a week past Monday, I think it was, and uh, I actually read something that morning, and it really challenged me, and I really believe that that's what God wanted me to speak on. But this is what I read. It was by a man called Pastor Richard Exley, and he said, many people mistakenly believe that success is a shot in the dark, a game of chance, kind of like winning the lottery. Nothing could be further from the truth. Success is not a matter of chance, but of obedience. Surrender your life to God and live by the principles He has woven into the very fabric of life, and you will succeed. Remember, no one wants you to succeed more than your heavenly Father. As He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. And uh, so I actually believe that God wants me to speak this morning on success. And uh, so I actually... As I say, everything was all printed out, and I didn't have changed what I was going to say, and I'm going to share this morning on the subject of success. So, first of all, I want to read God's Word. I think it's important to read God's Word, and uh, the Bible, uh, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, devote yourself uh, to the reading or a public reading of God's Word, and I think it's an important thing uh, in our life. So, if you've got your Bibles, then read, look at Genesis 24. I'm going to read quite a, a large bit of this uh, this morning, and uh, then I'm going to share uh, some thoughts on success. I'll take my watch off. You know what that means for a preacher. It doesn't mean anything at all, but uh, there you go. Uh, we'll take it off. So, Genesis 24. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. That's what I want to be like when I'm old and well advanced in years when I get to Jim's age. He said to the chief servant in the household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, 
to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharem and made his way to the town of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was towards evening, the time the woman go out to draw water. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I might have a drink, and she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he'd finished praying, Rebecca, notice that, before he'd finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they've finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. And when the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring wearing, weighing a becca and two gold bracelets wearing ten shekels. Then he asked, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the son that Milcah bore to Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. Amen. It's a great story there. Uh, in the text is, Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, Give me success today. I wonder if I was to say to you today, what is success? I wonder what you, what you would come back and say. And, and if you were to look up a dictionary, and I'll come to like a Bible dictionary in a minute, I always think we're better to get our theological definitions from a Bible dictionary than to get them from an ordinary dictionary. But if you were to look at, at an ordinary dictionary, you'll find the favorable or prosperous termination of attempts or endeavors. So, if you wanted to break 90 in the golf course and you got, you got 89, then, then that would be success. You, you would have a, your attempt would be successful. Or getting wealth or a position of honor, people would say that they are successful in life, perhaps in, in, in business. Or an achievement or a performance, they would turn around and say, that was a successful uh, performance, or uh, the play was an instant success, or the movie was a success, or, or, or if you gain fame, they would say, that person is a success, and, and what they do is, 
down in London yesterday uh, for a meeting. You may, you, may, you may have heard and you, you may like to pray that Franklin Graham is coming to eight cities in, in, in Scotland and the UK uh, and, and end of May. And every venue is cancelled on him. And so there was a meeting yesterday in London, and I came back last night, and my phone was out of battery. So I put on my radio, and I was listening to somebody speaking about the Alexander brothers. Now I'm long enough, to, I'm old enough to remember the Alexander brothers, and uh, and, and so so they were talking about the Alexander brothers and uh, them being in tour and the things that they did and the the the, the, the accordion music that was written and, and uh, the skill that they had. But, and, and Sally Logan, I even remember Sally Logan, and, and they were speaking about Sally Logan, and Sally Logan was being interviewed, and she'd been on a tour with Andy Stewart, and, uh, and some of you haven't a clue who I'm speaking about, like, but, uh, but some of you do, and remember these, these uh, Scottish singers, and, uh, but what they were saying about the Alexander Brothers was uh, what, gr- how, how, what great musicians they were, and, and, and how much they'd practiced and how big a success they were when they went over to America and their tour, and they went to Australia. But they were, they, were, they were bigging them up because of uh, the, the amount of practice that they put in and the songs that they, they played and some of the, listened to some of the tunes. And, and, and so you would say that was be, being successful. These are, these are the kind of philosophies that you would have in the world if you were talking about success. John Maxwell, the, the leadership expert, says, success is founded on the well-traveled journey, not at a destination. Defining success is a difficult task. Most people equate it with wealth, power, and happiness. However, true success is not a thing you acquire or achieve. Rather, it's a journey you take your whole life long. So I, I like that. It's more process in that. And, and I think as, as, as believers, followers of Jesus, that, that, we, that our, our journey is a, is a journey, isn't it? It's, it's from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And, and, and so there's something uh, about that journey. I like that. Rick Warren says, uh, successful people uh, have developed the habit of doing things unsuccessful people don't feel like doing. Uh, I, I, that's also good. And, I, and that was one of the things that, that, that the Alexander brothers were speaking about last night was was the amount of practice. And as a young accordionist, and he, he, he'd asked them for a tip, and that's what he said. Like, they, they didn't do busking. They, d- they did stuff well. And, and, and so they were, would plan and, 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 uh, and, and practice. Uh, Robert Collier says, success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. So a, a, an ongoing process. Uh, to follow without halt one aim, that's the secret of success, wrote Anna uh, Pavlova. Sounds like something you'd eat for your, your Sunday lunch. And, and, Her- and, and Herbert Swope said, I cannot give you the formula for success, but I can give you the formula for failure, which is try to please everybody. And uh, Joseph Addison says, if you wish success in life, make perseverance your bosom friend, experience your wise counselor, caution your elder brother, and hope your guardian genius. And so lots of people have said lots of very good things about success. I, I, I find all these quotes very good. I, th- I think there's excellence in, in, in some of these things. Uh, so you, I, I've, I've heard people say the seven laws of, of, of success, and, and I'm not sure that you could put success down to seven laws. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a great fan of these type of books, but, but, but seven things that could help you be more successful, I would be, I would be far happier to, to go down that kind of road. 
But uh, Jackson Brown went into a, a, a restaurant in America, and he saw that quote from Joshua, but do not let the, word, the book of the Lord depart from your mouth, meditate it on a day and night, and you will be successful. You know that verse from Joshua 1 and, and verse 8. And uh, so he saw these things up on a wall in a restaurant. Read the Bible every day, both the Old and New Testament, and do everything it says. That doesn't mean read all the Old Testament and the New Testament every day, or you'd never get your ironing done, or your car fixed, or your work done. But, it, but he, he says, read from both. Work on your character as much as, or, or more than your skills, and be more concerned with making others successful than making yourself successful. Come back to that. Put your family first. Pray, pray, pray. Guard your heart and mind. Keep short accounts. Be quick to say, I'm sorry I was wrong. Tithe. Stretch yourself by hanging around people smarter and more talented than you are. So you, you, you could actually preach a message in every one of them. Sorry for going on quickly, but I want to get to the text. But, but I'm just laying some groundwork of, of, of some of the good things that people have said about success. And maybe some of these little things or throwaways will help you where you're at today. And, and then somebody else, he added to these, marry the right person. This one decision will determine 90% of your happiness or misery. So thank you, honey, for being my wonderful wife of 37 years. And uh, work at something you enjoy, and that's worthy of your time and talent. Give people more than they expect, and do it cheerfully. It's great. Become the most positive and enthusiastic person you know. Be forgiving of yourselves and others. Be generous. Have a grateful heart. And, and, and so he goes on. Treat everyone like you would want to be treated and understand that happiness is not based on possessions, power, or prestige, but on relationships with people you love and respect. Now, as 20, as 20 or 30 of them, I've only thrown out some, but, but I think every one of these are, 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 are things that could actually help us uh, in our lives. But as I said, I don't think it's quite as straightforward as that. How many of you have seen a football manager and he's really successful with one team or a, or a football player and, and people pay a lot of money for him and, or her and then, and then they go somewhere else and, and, and it goes south? And, and so, so it's not as easy as getting the best manager that you think or, or getting the best center forward that you think. It, it, often it's to do with the dynamics of who's around about you. I remember John Maxwell saying he, he had a guy who was a youth pastor in, in his church. And uh, so it's, uh, the, youth, the youth work was growing, as was the children's work. So the youth guy, he thought it was all to do with him. So he says to John Maxwell, he says, I just want to say, Pastor, he says, uh, you know, God is blessing the work. So I just want you to know, I might not always be here. I, I, mean, I mean, doors might open for me, and I might go somewhere else. And uh, John Maxwell wisely said, well, he says, it's a bit like this. He says, uh, do you think that what goes on in the youth is, is only to do with what you're doing in the youth? Might it be anything to do with the marvelous facilities we have? May it be anything to do with the good worship that we have? May it be anything to do with the regular preaching of the Word. May it be anything to do with the children's program, which is attractive, and, and all the other things that goes on uh, in, in the week, uh, through the week, in, in the life of our church. And I think the guy then realized that it maybe wasn't just all to do with him, like he initially thought. But most people I know want to be successful. They want to be successful in business or in their relationship, and raising their children, their finances, Football teams, Jim's uh, the manager of Air United, condolences for uh, the, ma not the manager, the, the, the chaplain, 
uh, maybe we was the manager, I don't know, but uh, uh, his condolences on, on yesterday. Uh, students want to be successful in their exams. Church leaders want to be successful in leadership. Athletes want to be successful. In fact, I, I, I don't know anybody in life that doesn't want to be successful. But I suppose if you want to be unsuccessful, you could be successful in being unsuccessful. You know, if that's if your, your goal in life, maybe, maybe that would work for you. I don't know. But I pray that what I share today will help us. Uh, that's a great text that Abraham's servant prayed, Lord, give me success today. That's a great prayer. I, I've prayed that prayer, and uh, it's a bit like the prayer of Jabez. If you were then to look at what the, what the Bible dictionaries would say or, or, the, or the etymology of words, you, you, will, you will find that, that, that success in, in biblical, biblical terms is, is very much like some of the things that I've said earlier. Um, the word, W.E. Vine, in his expository dictionary, uh, says it's first found here, actually, in Genesis 24, but, but there's two sides to it. There's this being successful in a venture and also winning victories. So that, that's the that's kind of two sides that you would see. Uh, without saying a word, the man watched her closely, Rebecca, to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. And, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute, and, and uh, I want to highlight that today, that when we're speaking about success, we're looking to God for success. That's, that's going to be a big part of what we're saying today. And, and, and you'll see that uh, throughout the Bible for Uzziah, the Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. And, and that would be uh, 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 tying up. And then you, you would find it as to do with victory. And, 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 you, and you will find God working victory and making people successful in the most trying of circumstances. So, for example, Joseph, when Joseph was put in prison, that he was even successful in prison. And, 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 and all the things that happened in his life, the negative things, and we sang some great songs about that this morning, but actually, God can use the negative experiences in our life and turn them around for success. So, so Joseph was able to say to his brothers when he met them, instead of chopping their heads off, he, he responded in such a godly, Jesus-like way, so he's like a type of Jesus, that, that he says that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And the Bible tells us when he was in prison that he was so successful that the jailer that, that gave, gave him responsibility. So, and and, and I, I believe his success was not down to his dream, like a lot of people say, but I believe it was down to the fact that the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. And I think that is the, the, the key to his success. David was successful. It was true of David. It, it says that, that, that in everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him, 1 Samuel 18 and 13. And when Saul saw how successful he was, so other people saw it. And the people who came to join themselves with David eh, in the stronghold, it says, we are yours, O David. We are with you, O son of Jesse. Success to, success to you and success to those who help you. So people actually recognized that in David's life, in David's, uh, 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 when he was in the, in the cave, and then they came and joined themselves uh, to him. It's a bit like church, people are in debt, discontented, and distressed. And uh, so that's, what, that's who came to his, his cave. And so, but the Bible, the highlight, uh, 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 what we want to say is, 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 is the source of success is God. And so when Joshua, as I've already mentioned, 
when Moses died, that would have been a terrible thing for, for, for Joshua, that this man who had led Israel for 40 years has now gone, and God says, it's over to you, Joshua. But then he says, I'm going to be with you. But he says, I'm not only going to be with you, I've given you an instruction book and a guidebook, and I thank God it's still available for us today. And, and, and there's, we've even more than Joshua had. And, and, he, and he says, don't let this book of the law depart from you, but meditate on it day and night, and you will be successful. And, 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 I, and I think that there's lots of principles for that. If you don't read the book of Proverbs, uh, then the Bible says it will give you wisdom. So, so you can read a chapter a day. And, and it, it could, so you could start on the first of the month, and even if it's a 31 days in a the month, there's a chapter for every day, and you could go back again, read it in different versions, it'll be a, a blessing in your life. When God chose Gideon, Gideon says, I want to know that this is going to be successful. And so remember, he put out a fleece. I don't believe so much in fleeces now. I believe in being guided by the Holy Spirit. But in, in that day, he asked for a fleece. He said, show me. If, this, if I put out this fleece and it's wet and the ground is dry, then I'll know it's you. And, and God showed him. And I said, I'm not sure yet. He says, so, so he says, if, 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 then, if then the fleece is dry and the ground's wet, then, then uh, the opposite, then I, I, I'll, I'll go then. And, and, and Solomon says, commit your ways to the Lord and your plans will be successful. And, 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 and I, I do that. I, I, I pray, Lord, guide me and, and, and guide me in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll what? He'll direct your, your path. So, so, so Isaac, is, so the servant prayed, O God, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today. Now, what does this, this passage tell us about success? I think this is one of the great prayers of the Bible. And I think if you were Abraham's servant, you would pray that prayer as well. Like, how would you like to pick a wife for your boss to be? Now, some of you might relish that opportunity, but, uh, but what a task! To get, to get a wife for your boss. You don't want to get it wrong. I think, I think pretty much you want to get that right. I think, I think that would be a big one. Or your life ain't going to be very pleasant. Like, it's not going to be very happy. So, you know, I, we, we take weddings as ministers. I'm always looking for, for information. I saw this thing many years ago, and it says, the top 15 biblical ways of finding a wife. You've maybe, you can Google it when you go. It says, and, and this, is, this is all in the Bible. Find an attractive prisoner of war, bring her home, shave her head, trim her nails, and give her new clothes. Then she's yours. That's number one. Number two, find a prostitute and marry her. That's Hosea 1, 1 to 3. Find a man with seven daughters and impress him by watering his flock in, in Exodus 2. Purchase a piece of property and get a woman as part of the deal. That's Ruth. That's Ruth. Go to a party and hide. When the woman come out to dance, grab one and carry her off to be your wife. That's in Judges 21. That's the Benjamites. And uh, agree to work seven years in exchange for a woman's hand in marriage. Get tricked into marrying the wrong woman. Then work another seven years for the woman you wanted to marry in the first place. Fourteen years of toil for your wife. It was um, Jacob. And so we could go and become the emperor of a huge nation, hold a beauty contest. That was what happened with Xerxes and uh, Esther and uh, when you see someone you like, go home and tell your parents, I've seen a woman, now get her for me. And if your parents question your decision, simply say, get her for me. She's the one for me. And that's Samson. And that's only some of the 15. But, uh, but you know, there are some interesting in incidents in the Bible of how you get a wife. I, I mean, some of you have just got revelation this morning on, on, on how to get a wife. So, 
So the servant wanted to be successful in what he did. And you'll find that God gave him success. But first of all, he prayed for success. Secondly, he believed for success. Because when you pray, you're supposed to pray with believing. You're supposed to pray with faith. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. And, and I would suggest to you this morning that that principle of faith and trust in God was instilled in the servant by Abraham himself. Because, because he was a man of faith. And we read that in the Bible. So, if you're a boss here today, how about bringing forth seeds of greatness and good stuff out of those that we, that we, that we are responsible for in our daily life? And, and, uh, and so, so, Abraham replied, the Lord before whom I've walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success. So, so, Abraham had confidence that when he went, he would be successful. And then he gave God credit for his success. If you'd read on to the end of the chapter, and please do so when you go home, it, uh, then, then he gets taken back to the household of Laban, and when he goes back there, uh, um, he testifies that God had really uh, helped him. He's not Laban. He, he, God had really helped him, and he goes back, and, and he tells a story that, of what we read, and, and he, he tells a story of his prayer, and he tells a story of Rebecca watering the camels, and then, and then he, he gives glory to God for answering his prayer. So, so he testifies. And, and you'll find throughout the Bible that, that, that this servant is not the only person who prayed that kind of prayer. When Nehemiah heard about the state of Jerusalem and uh, something about the state of our nation, not to drive us to our knees in prayer, uh, the, the Bible says that uh, he prayed. And, he's, and he mourned and he wept and he fasted and prayed. And then he says, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man when he was brought before uh, the king. So, so, he, so the, the servant of, of uh, Abraham is not the only one who prayed that kind of prayer. And, and, and Nehemiah believed that as well. Because when, the, when Tobiah, the, the, the Ammonite, and, and uh, uh, Sanballat, the Horonite came, You've got to have your wits about you to say these names. Uh, he, he, he answered them saying, the God of heaven will give us success when the enemies came against them. So, so it, it, it is a biblical principle. It was a prayer of the psalmist, O Lord, save us, O Lord, grant us success, Psalm 118, 25. The Bible, however, tells us that some kinds of success can bring us problems in life. Uh, somebody said this, success is like death. The more successful you become, the higher the houses in the hills uh, get and the higher the fences get. So, so sometimes as people get on and they, they build great fences to, to, to keep their, their houses. Success made Saul jealous of David. Remember when, when David went out to fight and uh, when he came back, the maidens were dancing and they were saying, Saul has killed his thousands, which was, a, which was a, a, a magnificent warrior, but David is tens of thousands. And so, when, when he heard that, uh, when Saul heard that, he, he, he was okay until comparison. He was okay till, till he turned on the equivalent of uh, Facebook in his day. And, and he saw that somebody else was getting on better than he was, although what was going as was true, what you see in Facebook's nail was true. But uh, so they've taken 50,000 selfies before they got it. We come down the road this morning, and Diane takes a selfie. She says, uh, she said, I'll take a selfie and post that. 
and usually she's got six to take before she doesn't usually she doesn't usually matter if if uh, if I've got a, a sulky face, but, but as long as as long as she's okay, it's all right. Like you know, and uh, so uh, she's embarrassed now. But uh, there he goes. But she, uh, it was one for the family. Oh, it was one for the family. Okay, sorry, it wasn't for Facebook. It was for the family. So I've been corrected. You want anything else you want to say? <laughs> so so it, it, you know, when when he heard it was Saul had killed his his thousands, it was great. But then when it was comparing. Material success can cause some Christians to envy what other people have. Have you ever looked around and seen people like, that don't deserve to be successful, be successful, and you think, what's going on in this, in this situation? So, so it's nothing new. So Psalm 37, you'll remember this, Psalm 37 and then Psalm 73, uh, both answer these questions. So this guy's looking on and he says, why are these guys getting on? He says, they're healthy, they're fit, they've got no ills, they've got no problems in life. Why is that happening in their life? And then he says, he was really on a slippery slope. And he says, as for me, my feet had almost slipped when I saw. And then he says, till I entered the sanctuary of the Lord and saw what their end would be. So, so when he got his focus back on God again, and he looked to see what the proper perspective and saw what the end would be, then, then at his perspective change. So, so it can cause people to envy. It, it's possible to prosper financially and, and, uh, and be a failure spiritually. Uh, and, and you can see that in the, in the Bible. My, my father-in-law, who, who was a successful fisherman, he told me that, uh, that, that it was John Wesley said that, that uh, uh, in his early days, he'd only met a few people who could carry a full cup of blessing. But at the end of his days, he said they hadn't met, he hadn't met anybody. So that was a, that was a big challenge. Uh, you know, the, I don't know if any of you have seen the the Netflix movie on 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 uh, Getty and uh, about uh, mo money and and uh, remember his grandson uh, uh, was was mutilated and and uh, taken uh, captive. And uh, you see people that that sometimes they're chasing financial things. I remember year, many years ago speaking to a guy and. Uh, at that time, he was, he was on a fishing boat that was operating illegally. And what happened is he got quotas for pelagic fishing. That's like uh, mackerel and, and, and heron, midwater fish. And uh, they, had, they had quotas for that. And this boat that he was on was actually not only landing their quota in the UK, but they were going to some of the Scandinavian countries and landing the next batch, and they called that black fish. And, and uh, so... So he had a real challenge with that, and he asked his skipper, who was a professing Christian, he says, um, how, do you, how do you reconcile that Cause it, cause, uh, with your conscience? And he, and he said these words, I know how to deal with my conscience. Wow, that's scary stuff. Like, So, so, so that, to think, the Bible speaks that we can have a conscience, conscience seared us with a hot iron. And, and so, so sometimes to, to chase after money and, and, and success, financially, you don't want to do that at the expense of losing your spirituality and your testimony before God. And the Bible's got a man like that, and, and actually, it's one of the few verses in the Bible where God actually calls somebody a fool, and he's a rich fool. And basically, this man has, has been very successful in business, and, he, and, he, and if you look at it, the passage, it's what will I do? It's all about I. I, I, I mean, obviously, God has given him that, that success, but God doesn't appear in the picture. Neither does the poor people in the picture. He just thinks, that's what I've got to do. 
I'm going to pull down my barns and I'm going to build bigger barns. And, 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 and then, then, then that's what I'm going to do. And God says to them, you fool. This very night, your, your life will be required of you and who'll get all that you've... It's, and that, so it will be, Jesus says, for any man who is rich but not rich towards God. So, so God wants us, I think, to, to prosper uh, financially but also spiritually. I've met people in other parts of the world uh, who have been very rich in terms of their, their uh, uh, spiritual journey. I remember being in India and meeting this lady called Sasi Jab- Jabaraj, and they didn't have much. Um, they slept on a mat on the floor to, to let their kids go to uh, school. And at Christmas time, she used to have a Christmas meal for all our neighbors and, and, and brought them all into our, into our house. I remember being really challenged, coming home and turned to Diana. So that woman powerfully impacted me. She looked around and saw all our neighbors and invited every single one of them in for their Christmas lunch. I'm reading a book just now called Neither Bomb Nor Bullet. And it, it's a story of a bishop, an Anglican bishop in, uh, in northern Nigeria. Uh, where you know there's a lot of trouble with Boko Haram and, and uh, the Fulani tribes and stuff like that. And uh, his, his wife was, well, I'll, I'll not spoil the book for you, but one of the things that, that his wife did is, is uh, when God miraculously healed her, that she opened up their house. And I think they had 100 or 150 people uh, in, their, in their house that, that they, they schooled and looked after. And it says that the stench of urine in, in the house when their children came home was, was, was like stinking. It says, we got used to it. But uh, so, so it wasn't easy. And, and some of the kids were just left under trees and stuff like that. And I thought, what a heart, isn't it? That's, I, I, I think that's, that's success in taking, taking kids in off the street and then changing their, their hearts, loving them, caring for them, and, and, and releasing them uh, back into society. So, so we, we've, we've got to be rich towards God as well. And success that God's, in God's eyes, that's real success. And uh, I, th- I think that's what Joshua teaches us in, in Joshua 1. When, when, when I was newly saved, I, I read a lot of really good books that were recommended to me at that time. And I, I think if, if we're going to grow in, in our Christian experience, we need to be readers. And uh, if, you, if you're not a reader, then you can be a listener. We have a guy in a church, and he's dyslexic, and, uh, but he downloads books, uh, and he listens to books, and uh, he's schooled himself in business and all kinds of things. So, so let's not be lazy, but, 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 uh, but we can, there's all kinds of things available to us now that can help us to, to grow. And, uh, but some of the books that I read and, and some of the phrases around that time, nearly 40 years ago, was to be in the center of God's will, that is success. And, and I, th- I think that's true. To, to, to be in the center of God's will, it's what God might want to do. And, and Joseph, it didn't look as if what was going on round about him at that time, uh, that he was successful. But actually, because, because you wouldn't have seen from the outside looking in. But all this time in prison and all the other stuff he went through, that, that God was actually schooling him in the school of hard knocks. And, what, and in, in, in a day, he took off his prison clothes and he put on his palace clothes. In, in a day. God, God, gave, a, God gave him a, a, like instant promotion. And, and, uh, and so, 
So we need to ask God to guide us in our, in our relationships and in, in, in life uh, regarding raising up our children and our ministry, etc. And, and uh, there's an old hymn that says, My stubborn will at last has yielded. And it uh, goes on to say, I would be thine, yes, thine alone. And, and it goes, Sweet will of God still draw me closer till I am wholly lost in you. Really, well, it says thee, but, but that's, I'm, I'm using it, modern, modernizing it. And it's just this thought of being in the will of God. Um, when John, who you know, our son, eldest son and his wife, uh, when they moved from the house that they were in, which was the next street, they moved further and further away all the time. They moved from there up to the to Canard, and then they moved from there to here, and then they moved to Shetland. Like, I mean, you need to take an offering to go to Shetland almost like, but uh, so there. The, so anyway, when they moved up to Canard, um, we wondered about buying their house as an investment and uh, for the future. Uh, we didn't have a, a, a big pension, and uh, so we thought, I wonder if we could buy that house because, because there was the price that they were given for that house was more than the house went on the market for. So we thought we would immediately get positive equity. And so I was saying, Diane and I chatted about it, and, and Dan is, lets me take a lead mostly in financial things, but we like to be as one. And so we were talking about this, and Dan came back to me and she says, if he thought any more about that house, it was the next street. And uh, I says, no, I've not really had much chance to pray about it. And I was reading my, my daily devotions. As she went out, I was reading my daily devotions, and I was reading it in the message, where, in Matthew 6, where it says, Seek first the kingdom and, and, and uh, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The message translation says, Do not be too quick to go into business for yourself. So, I mean, that was a direct word for God, really, for, for us. So, so we never pursued that. I, I believe that was the will of God for us not to not to pursue that at that moment. And I believe God can speak as directly as that uh, into our hearts and into our lives. Uh, and I think we've got to watch for the distorted message that it's all about us and it's about come to God and every selfish need and ambition we have will be met. Because I don't I don't think it's like that. And uh, sometimes, as I say, it doesn't always look. Uh, like success. When Jesus died on the cross, and what Isaiah prophesied about him, that he was beaten, he was rejected, he, he was despised, rejected, and, and like uh, one from whom men hide their faces in Isaiah 53, and we esteemed him not, and, and it goes on to say all that it says about the suffering of the Lord Jesus. It, it didn't look too healthy on the Friday, and, and it might not look too healthy for you at this moment in time, because you might be going through a Joseph season, but uh, as Tony Campolo said in his famous uh, message, like, Friday's here, but Sundays are coming. And uh, things changed. And we sang about that uh, this morning in a great praise time we had. So, so it's, it's God that we look to for success, and, uh, and we want to honor Him and, and what we do. The story is told of an old missionary coming home a mission field, and, and uh, they came back to the States, and there was some kind of politician or governor that had been away, and, and, and they arrived, and there was a whole crowd on the, on the, on the pier, and, and, the, and they, they thought, this is great, and it turned out that nobody came to see them. All the crowd in the pier was for the governor. He'd been away on a trip overseas, came back, all the paparazzi are there, flashing their photographs, Willie and his camera, all that, uh, and, and they're, they're there, and, uh, and then they go to their motel at night and they're, and they're feeling really depressed that they've been away for all these years and they've come back and not one single person came to greet them. And uh, he went before God and he prayed and uh, he spoke to the Lord 
And he says, Lord, how is it that all these guys that, that are they're rich and famous and everybody's following them and we've served you for all these years and there's nobody here to welcome us? And uh, the Lord says to them, you're not home yet. It's a great story, isn't it? You're not home yet. And, uh, you know, we can look around and, and we can see other people. Some, sometimes in my life, I have compared myself with others. Some of the great preachers in the world, and there's great preachers and they're available to us. You can get them in podcasts. You can watch them in YouTube and, and uh, you can buy CDs and, uh, or DVDs. And, and, and there's all kinds of uh, things that we can see. We can we've got our favorite missionaries. There's missionaries that we know and support as a local church, and some of these people are doing a great, a great, great job. And uh, th there's guys, that, we had a guy from Laos, Andrew Hepburn, we know him from of old. Two of our people are on their way back from having been over in Laos working with Andrew. And, uh, and sometimes when you see the great work that they're doing, or, or I remember George Ridley being out in, in uh, the, in the Serbian War and, and Kosovo War. And I remember him being out in that area and uh, just being the right man at the right place at the right time. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, th th what am I achieving and, and, uh, compared to what, what they are doing? But, but I believe that God wants us to be faithful where we're at and successful where we're at. And when we start to try and compare ourselves with other people, then I think that's where we, we get in trouble. So there's great preachers. God hasn't called me to be T.D. Jakes. He hasn't called me to be Craig Rochelle. He hasn't called me to be Stephen Furtick. He's called me to be Michael Rollo. And so, so I've, got, I've got to follow through in what God wants me to be where I'm at. Now, I can learn from other people, as we all can, and, and, uh, but, but, and we all want to see blessing, success, and victory, but, but our success is really to be successful before God and it's in, in His eyes. And the final thing I want to say uh, as, as I begin to wrap this up is in, instead of just thinking about success for ourselves, uh, how could we be successful in helping others become successful is, is really important. When, when David near the end of his days um, he had it in his heart to build a, a temple for the Lord. And uh, so uh, he says, I'm, I'm living in a nice house and God's living in a tent, basically. And it, it, I've got a, a desire. And so he went to, uh, and Nathan the prophet says initially, God bless you, it's a great thought, it's a great vision, great dream. And uh, then, then God spoke to Nathan and he, and he come back to David and he says, you're not going to be the one it's going to build this, this temple because he says, you're a man of war, but your son Solomon will build it. And you know what David did? David gave himself to make sure that Solomon was a success. Everything he did was, was, a, was a success. So, so he, he amassed huge amounts of gold and silver and bronze, etc., and he had the plans for it to, to, to give to, to David and, and actually, the temple became known as Solomon's Temple, but it was actually David's vision. And, and I want to say to, to you older people here today, uh, I, you know, God does not write you off when you're 65, 66, 70, 80, or 90. He doesn't write you off at all. And uh, the Bible says that uh, they'll stay fresh and green in our old age, and uh, and I think that's really important uh, to stay fresh and green. I think that's really important. It's, it's not all about the good old days. 
It's about the nowadays. It's granting me success today. And so I want to encourage you that, that your greatest role in what you do at this moment in time, and as parents, like your, greatest, your greatest success in life might not be what you do, but what you put into some, somebody else and what they do. And so don't despise parenthood. Don't despise the job that God has given you. And, and in old age, we ought to be the ones that are cheering on the next generation. We ought, to be, we ought to be making them successful. We ought to be doing all that we can. Praise God. All, 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 all the wisdom that God has poured into our lives, the resources He's given us, the things that He's done, that we can pour out into others. And, and we, we, we could say, well, Lord, You have blessed me, so I want to be a channel of blessing for others. You know, it's, it's not about the I, it's about team, isn't it? Like, we're all better because we do things together. God wants us to, to, be, to be a body. That's what he wants, a new life to function into all that God wants it to be and all, all that God wants new life to accomplish. It's team. It's all working together. It's, it's using our gifts, our talents. Uh, so if I went up and tried to play guitar like Scott did so well this morning and lead that way, you, you would all have left after a few moments like because you couldn't cope with the pain in your ears. Because uh, I can't play the guitar, and, 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 and I'm not a brilliant singer. I could certainly lead a little bit of praise years ago uh, in, in a certain environment, lead a meeting, but, but, but they had to keep me back from my microphone. So, so it wasn't good. Somebody said, I'm the only guy they knew that could sing a duet with the Hoover. And so, so I, that's, that's how good it is. But, but, but when we all bring our strengths uh, together, and so real success, I'm saying this morning, comes from looking to God. Uh, Hezekiah, the Bible says, uh, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. And he was successful in whatever he undertook. Do you see the principle? Like, this is a principle I'm trying to say today, is that this, this guy... Isaac's servant prayed, Lord God, give me success today. And, and, and success is the journey that we began with. It's, it's, not, it's not just a, a one-off. Ecclesiastes says, sow your seed in the morning and at evening, let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. No, keep persevering. Everybody would say, don't give up. And maybe, maybe you feel like giving up today. Maybe you feel you haven't seen the rewards and in inverted commas that you would that you think that you need to see, but but keep at it, and keep at it, and keep looking to God. Don't try to be somebody else. And and I'll just close with this: that uh, you know, when Paul was languishing in a prison cell at the end of his ministry, and he was writing to Timothy in two Timothy's final words, he's in a dungeon, he's about to die. Demas has run away because he wanted material success. Only Luke is with him. He, he then has got a change of heart by now toward John Mark, who wrote away, ran away early in ministry. So he actually wasn't very happy with John Mark, but it shows that you can turn failure into success when you look at John Mark and see what God did with him. He says, he asks for him. He wants his scrolls because he wants comfort from the Word. He wants his, his cloak because it's cold in, in, in the dungeon. And you might think that was, that was failure. You might, you might think failure's written all over the end of his life. But he just uttered these words, I fought the good fight. 
I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me in that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You could preach a message on that, Paul the fighter, Paul the finisher, Paul the faithful, and Paul the forward looker. And you could preach a message on that. But what outwardly looked like failure actually was success. I would like that on my tombstone, to be able to say that, that I fought, that I've finished, and now henceforth. So I want to encourage you this morning to, to pray that kind of prayer. Lord, give me success today. And where you failed, may God turn failure into success for you. And, and let me just say, and, and close him before I pray, that if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I, I believe success begins when we give our life to Him. Because Jeremiah 29 11, which I quoted at the beginning from Richard Exley, his excellent little piece, which led me to this message today, he quoted Jeremiah 29 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to, to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and to give you a future. And I, I believe the, the, the journey to success starts with giving our life to Jesus. So let's bow our heads just for a moment. And maybe you're here today and you've never done that. And I just want to give that opportunity. I promise that I'll not embarrass you or anything like that. But I'm just going to ask, is there anyone here and you haven't given your life to Jesus, but this morning something's been sung, something's been said, and you say, I need to get on the right pathway with God if you want to put your hand up and take it down, I'll see your hand while every head's bowed and every eye closed, and I'll pray for you. That's all I'll do. And then afterwards, I'm sure there'll be a Bible or something that somebody can give you. So is there anyone here, and you've never given your life to Jesus, and this morning you say, Michael, pray for me because I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Father, I want to thank you this morning for the one who raised their hand, and we just say, Lord, we can't do it on our own, but with you we can, and we rejoice in bringing us to that place in our life. Please forgive us our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross to take away our sins. Thank you that you came to give us hope and a future. I pray for the one who raised their hand today that you'll come into their life, forgive sin, lead and guide in the days that lie ahead and make that life successful, I pray. And for all this morning who struggling, we sang a lot about failure earlier on, and, and uh, Lord, I pray that you will help us to take on board your principles, that we will be successful in your eyes, that will help others to be successful, and that you will give us success today as we raise our children, as we run our businesses, as we run our churches, our ministries, and all of these things, will you give us keys that will help us to give you glory and be all that you want us to be, for Jesus' sake. Amen.